Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Welcome everyone. Norma and I have a topic for you today. Uh, We're going to be discussing the concept of triggers in a way that we hope you will find relevant and perhaps even challenging. So with that, Norma, why don't you take it away and perhaps give us a definition for the term trigger and how you see this term being used in our world today. Okay. Hi. Yes. Thank you, Kerry. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be back today. Yes, I think this triggers is an interesting one. To kick off, let's uh, let me give you my definition of a trigger. I think we, the best to describe a trigger is to know that it's any event or situation or circumstances that I experience in my life, and I use it to create an emotion, something like frustration or anger or disappointment. It can be a whole list. So. An example could be the way I, for instance, see my kids' clothing on the floor and I get mad. Or I'm at at work and my boss is not giving me the promotion that I wanted and I feel self-doubt or I feel maybe disappointment. So it is something that I think is outside of my control. I think that life happens to me. So, and we want to just have a light conversation about these triggers today it's not a trigger that um, comes up for us because of a past, maybe traumatic event that we experience. These are those everyday situations that we experience. And just because of the way that we see that situation or event or what that person said to us, we feel an emotion that then drives us to very often behave in a way that when we look back at the situation, we wish we didn't do that. So I hope that gives you a little bit of a, an idea of the triggers we're talking about and how that maybe plays out in your own lives. I think sometimes I've even um, thought to myself as I was uh, perhaps coming home and or as maybe my husband was coming in the door, I would even have uh, thoughts in my mind about now if all the dishes are still in the sink, I'm going to be... <laughs> so angry or so disappointed or whatever. And I I realized that uh, sometimes we've already predetermined what it is that might tick us off. And then the preceding emotion that I planned on experiencing almost on purpose, if things were not just the way I wanted them or, or the way I thought was the right way for them to be. And I think I experience this most often probably in my relationship with my husband. And it's, it's like the number one thing that I believe has also changed for me um, through having learned what is causing certain emotions for me and, and realizing that I wasn't a victim to these things that I thought he was doing to trigger a certain emotion, but that they were really related to what I thought that his words maybe meant or what I thought his actions were indicating. And so I felt triggered all the time and then somewhat a victim in my relationship. Do you have some 
thoughts on that, Norma, and how these triggers maybe do impact our relationships with others? I think it does because when we talk about these triggers, it is, we think of it as something that is outside of ourselves. We don't have any control over it. And I think we make the triggers the villain. And instead of looking for the the real culprit um, in, in any situation, because we see these triggers and that just gives us an excuse to maybe feel a certain way or behave in a certain way. But if we, and I'm sure that you can attest to this, the way that we coach our clients and how we always teach us our clients are that emotional management is really the sort of solution to these triggers. Because before coaching, as an example, we, or I used to always think that other people caused how I felt or a certain situation. If someone like cuts me off in traffic, for instance, that is an excuse for me or a reason for me to feel bad the entire day. But then post learning all of these tools that we have obviously been using on ourselves and on our clients, I can know for sure say that these triggers are something that happens outside in our world and we don't have control over what happens in the world, but we do have control about our own minds and what we do with, with that information. So maybe you can just tell us a little bit, Kerry, what do you think is our emotional responsibility and how does that solve this problem of this villain triggers that we keep talking about? It's such a great feeling when you first start to realize that we have a responsibility for how we feel and that it's not just a result of outside stimuli. So our emotions are always created by our thoughts and it is a reaction from what our brain is thinking. There is this electrical, physiological um, response to what our brain is thinking. And it creates this electrical current that kind of runs through our body. And that emotion can be, often we view it as positive or negative, but it really is just a response to what our brain is thinking. And so when I feel a certain emotion, usually if, if I'm enjoying that emotion, whatever it is, or it feels you know sort of neutral, um, there's no cause for concern. But when I start to feel an emotion that is depressing, like pushing down on me or feeling disappointing or anything that is causing me not to perform at a certain level or enjoy the moments that I'm experiencing, that emotion is something that then I can say, oh, I wonder what I'm thinking right now. So it's just an indicator to me. It's something in my body waving a flag saying, check your thought. What are you thinking right now that's creating this experience for you? And I think the temptation and what seems far more obvious is to look at and see what's happening outside of me, what's going on in my environment. But it would it would only be truly what I am thinking about what is going on in the environment around me that is causing that emotion. And so when we can understand that and we can use those emotions 
as indicators rather than something to push away or to fear, um, then I think we can really start taking responsibility in our own lives for how we're feeling and how we are responding to those circumstances or people in our lives. So what is the outcome in our relationships with others when, when we feel triggered? We're thinking the other person is triggering us. I think firstly, we give the other person all the power that we sort of assume that we don't have the power because this person is saying something or doing something. And that is almost a given that it's going to annoy me or frustrate me. So number one, we're not taking emotional responsibility. We're saying because we're feeling annoyed or frustrated, it's the other person's fault. And as you've just alluded to, you know, pure psychology, what psychology tells us is that, that our thinking creates how we feel. And then our, because of how we feel, we can actually go out then and do something or don't do certain things. So if we can take emotional responsibility for how we feel and sort of stop saying that it's someone's fault or it's a situation that happened to me, we can take more power in our relationships. We can start doing the work ourselves instead of wanting the other person to do the work. If there is a situation where we feel that we need to protect ourselves in a relationship, we are always welcome to set boundaries, but we for sure know that we can't change other people. We can always request other people to do certain things for us, but we can't make them do anything. So we're just giving our power away if we say that other people is making me feel angry or my husband doesn't love me enough or my kids is causing me to feel frustrated. We are totally giving our power away. That is something that we have control over because our thinking creates how we feel. And then because of how we feel, we actually go and do something. So that is a, a very important point, how it impacts our relationships. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I think I remember going through marriage counseling and it was just a very short two or three meetings before my husband and I got married. And one of the things that the pastor was sharing with us was how to have disagreements and how to have this conversation. And you have to remember it was a long time ago. And I believe that probably it's still a, a widely used practice today. And that was to say to your spouse, when you were feeling frustrated or hurt or whatever, to say to them, when you do this, then I feel or experience mm. that. And in a sense, that is still saying that you cause me to feel a certain way. And so I think there's a flaw in that where we're still saying that the other person's actions are why we experience life a certain way. And so I had to unlearn some things, I think, for my relationship and certainly for my own personal responsibility when it came to my emotions, that when he does whatever he does, then I think whatever I'm thinking causes me then to feel a certain way. And it has really changed how I can just let my husband be exactly who he is. He gets to do all the things he wants to do as a human being. He just be himself. 
understanding that I can feel however I want in this moment. And so how I choose to interact and how I choose to interpret what's happening around me is what I will experience, but nothing can get in my brain and create a reaction for me that this space in my mind is for me. And I, and I really try to keep it super clean. It's between me and God, all my thoughts. Like, I don't, I don't want to react to anybody in a way that doesn't first, you know, go through that filter. And I'm not talking about building a wall and keeping other things out. I'm just saying, realizing that my brain is my responsibility, my thoughts are my responsibility, and therefore my emotions are too. I think it's worth mentioning, and you've already touched on it a little bit earlier, but just to maybe drive the point home is that our thinking creates this vibration, which might be anger or frustration or whatever the case is. And because I'm feeling anger or frustration, I then go and I say something or I do something. And which is very different from a sensation, which we feel in our body first, and then a message travels to our mind. So if my hand is on a hot stove, I feel the the burning on my, my actual skin. And then that message travels to my mind about, oh, no, you have to take your hand off the hot stove. So if you can understand the difference between a vibration and a sensation, a sensation really um, comes from the outside world where that vibration, that emotion comes from our thinking. So we can't say that my husband makes me angry or my kids doesn't listen and therefore I am frustrated with him. That is something that happens. That is that so-called trigger that we see. And then now I make it mean that my kids don't care and I feel frustrated. So I think that is such an important point to know that other people can't cause how we feel because it comes from our thinking. And bringing this back to triggers, triggers or that thing that happens in our world is the thing that actually starts this whole process because we get that, uh, we see that event, we are in that circumstance, we experience something, and then we choose to decide to think something about it. I hope that clears up that part of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kerry, is there anything that you think is worth mentioning around emotional management at this point? Because I think this is really so important when we talk about triggers, because I think we always want to blame the triggers and want to blame the other person and all these events that happen in our lives. But we should actually be focusing more and giving our, all of our attention on the thing that we have power over. And that is the thinking and how we feel and then what we actually go and do when we feel a certain way. Yes, I think what I would say about that is we were talking about relationships. And I I do think it's an interesting chain of events that happen in a relationship when I start thinking that certain things are going to trigger my husband. And so when I think triggers are things that I can somehow try to prevent or eliminate in my husband's life Mm. so that he will feel a certain way or be happier. I think it gets into this chain of everybody doing something, trying to cause the other person to react a different way. And so we're preventing, triggering them, right? Or hoping that we don't maybe become triggered. And so if 
instead of walking on eggshells, trying not to trigger somebody else, if we could accept that somebody else might just get mad and that has really very little or, or nothing to do with me, that has to do with what's happening for them and what they're thinking. And so it's not only about me taking responsibility for my own emotions, but also recognizing that everyone is responsible for their emotions. And so I can stop trying to not accidentally trigger somebody. Now, and I know that goes down a whole different road, but just something to consider in a relationship. I, I think. Yes, I totally agree with you, Kerry. I think that we all have our own programming, our own beliefs, and we see the world through our own filters. So we can't ever, I mean, you can say the same thing to two different people and the one would find it, maybe see it as a compliment and the other person might see it as an insult. So the best we can do is show up as ourselves in the world and do things with the best intention, but we can't control what other people think um, and how they experience us and whatever we say. So for us to think that we have the power to control other people's feelings is maybe just as absurd as thinking that that other people control how we feel. I think something else that might be interesting to just throw in here, it's interesting how our brains also want to go to triggers as, as negative um, inducing sort of emotion. But I also thought of any of the other emotions that we experience that we might really quite enjoy are often quote triggered by either music or smell or, you know, if I smell toast and coffee, I don't think I'm having a stroke as commonly nowadays is kind of the, the, um, but when I smell toast and coffee, I think of, you know, waking up in a, in a little bedroom at the back of my grandma's house that, um, where my sister and I would share the bed and both of us would be scratching because we had mosquito bites from playing out side the evening before and so I think triggers interestingly enough can be really beautiful memory inducing sort of responses that the idea is not to avoid triggers in our lives but just to recognize as you've said earlier what they are and and then how we want to respond to that to whatever thought is is coming up is all well within our control and choosing and that is just always what's so important about i think you know the life coaching that we do i totally agree with you yes carrie i'm so glad that you brought that up that triggers we're not necessarily only looking at or the negative side of it but also the positive side and i'm glad you you brought that up and spoke a little bit about that <clears throat> Okay, so just to wrap things up, we have the power to decide what we want to make any event in our life mean. So we don't have to let these events or people dictate how we show up in the world. We can identify our triggers and be intentional about what we make it mean. We have control over what we think and the energy or the attitude that we have and then our behavior or our actions. So we have control over only ourselves. What we don't have control over is the outside world. So everything inside of us, we have control and power over. 
And that's what I want to end off with today. This is it for this episode, and I hope you have a great week further. Thank you, Kerry, for participating, and goodbye to everyone. Thanks. Bye. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of a fold and fabulous over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.